For our second message today, we have a sermon from our pastor, Mr. Stephen Andrews, entitled Image in Scripture. Mr. Andrews. I know you won't be able to see this, but I'm going to use it anyway as a, as a prop. There's this guy standing here. Uh, maybe some of you can, but uh, if you've ever looked at the red book over there, there's this guy standing here, and um, he's got dark hair, and he looks very young. And it's not the person that I see in the mirror. It's definitely not the same image that I look at when I get in the mirror. Something has happened. This image that I used to be has changed, as all of us are aware of our getting older, and that happens. You know, image in the scripture is very interesting. I, I started looking at some of these things, and um, I like seeds, I like trees. All of those are interesting, but this one kind of stuck in my, um, in my thoughts as I was looking through it, because we... As we grow older, even though we look older, we still look like humans. <laughs> Some of us like science fiction, fantasy. <laughs> Some fantasies are kind of fun. X-Men, for any of those of you who are, are aware of it, you know, all of a sudden starting to, you know, to become... Come, something totally different. Well, that's not what God created. And that's not what God wants. Because in Genesis, we see in Genesis, the first chapter, that God created it for a purpose and a reason, and he created it so that we would look like him. We are made in the image of God. He may, in verse 25, I'm, I know we've got 20, 26, will be over here, Genesis 1, uh, 26, but he, he made all the beasts of the earth and the, uh, after his kind, cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind, and God saw it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Not after the cattle, not after some perverted looking things. We are in the image of God. We, and if we could get the world to understand that, if we could get the world to really understand that we are made in the image of God instead of out of the, you know, the little cesspools or the blobs or the places where they, they want us to think that we came from, and God gave us a purpose and a reason to exist. He says, and let them have dominion. You know, it's, we, we were given authority in the beginning. When we were made in the image of God, God gave us the authority to have dominion on this earth. To have power here on the earth. You know, we're stuck here because God created us here. He put us on the earth to take care of the earth. And he loves us. 
And he loves his creation. To have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So we're, we're, to, we're to have dominion. We're to have authority over those things. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. It's interesting that the word man, if you look it up, is really Adam. <laughs> the first man was Adam, but that's also the word that is translated as man in the Old Testament, whenever you see that in a lot of places. So, Adam and man, we were created, male and female, in the image of God. In chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, and we understand the story because I want to go um, beyond uh, some of the things that, that, um, that I had here. But the, um, Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. And then Cain killed Abel and he was pushed out. And so there was another that was to be born. And it says here in this book of the generations of Adam or the generations of man, the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Now maybe that's where the, that old term come from, the spitting image. Or, you know, he's just a... Um, a chip off the old block. Uh, you look around, and from father to son, and, and we we take on our the image of our our parents. We are in the image of our original parent. We are all different. We're all uh, different, but we all also are all human, and we are all in that image. And it's a beautiful thing that God has created because there is a tremendous blessing in the future for that image. Now, God is against false images. And we've talked about this before. But let's go through some of these false images. Let's see what God has to say about it. In Leviticus, the 26th chapter, beginning in verse 1, he says, You shall make you no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a statue image, or standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. So he told Israel right away, don't do this. These things are, are not God's. These images will not save you. They are false, and they are false images. Deuteronomy, the 16th chapter. God wanted to make sure that they understood. And he reiterated this several times to them. Deuteronomy 16, 21 through 22. You shall not plant you a grove of any trees near the altar of the Lord, your God, which you shall make, uh, which you, shall make you. Neither shall you, set, neither shall you set you up any image which the Lord your God hates. And so all those images that we see in, in various places that different religions bow down to, 
God says he hates those. Exodus 23, back to Exodus. Some of the original understanding about these false images. Exodus 23, 20 through 24. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you shall indeed uh, obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do their work, do, uh, nor do after their works. But you shall utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Because if you leave them in there, if you leave them in the, in the land, they will become your idols, and they will take the place of God. Exodus 34. Exodus 34, 12 through 17. Take heed to yourselves, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you go, lest it be for a snare in the midst of you. These are for us today, brethren. We can also be snared by the, the idols of today. Very easily snared because of their fanciness, of their, um, of their glitter, of their glow. We can be snared by those idols of today. That you make, uh, lest you make an, a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you go, lest it be for a snare in the midst of you, but you shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. And we can't do that today, but we can avoid those things. We can, we can keep from being involved in it. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their, go- and after their gods and do sacrifice to their gods, and will call you, and you eat his sacrifice. God warned his people, as he warns us today, Let's go back now to Deuteronomy, the, the seventh chapter. Let's look at Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, in just uh, a few verses here. When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess it, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the, uh, the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, they probably were parasites. I don't know. <laughs> Seven nations greater and mightier, mightier than you. Seven nations that were, were mightier, stronger than, than they were. God was going to, to, to drive them out. And when the Lord your God shall deliver them before you, you shall smite them and utterly destroy them. And you shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Neither shall you make marriages with them. Your daughters you shall not give to your sons, nor your daughters shall you take to your son. For they will turn away your son from following me, that they may serve other gods. In the New Testament, that is, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. It's very difficult sometimes. When you are, I mean, you can make it work, but sometimes it's difficult. So, will anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and destroy you suddenly. 
but thus shall you deal with them. You shall <clears throat> destroy their altars, break down their images, and cut up their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be special people to himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So there was instructions there. Let's look at Daniel now, the, the, the one example where there was an image built. Daniel, the third chapter. Because we know Nebuchadnezzar just was so thrilled to hear, hear his dream put the, <laughs> put the light. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits and he set up in the plain of Durham in the province of Babylon. Now, I calculate that. I don't know whether it's right or not, but I just thought, well, I'll just check and see how, how big this is. It looks like it's about 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. That's pretty slim. I mean, it may be wider than that, but if you think of the, the golden driller, I don't know how tall the golden driller is. It may be about that or maybe a little higher, but <clears throat> this is the kind of edifice that they were, were to bow down to. You can see the golden driller from a long ways away if you're starting to drive up there. And so here we have an image that they're supposed to bow down to if you hear any kind of music. He says, this is an edict. You hear this music? Got to bow down to it. Hey, this is Nebuchadnezzar. He's the great, he's the great one. <laughs> God told him he wasn't so great, and he finally figured that out. But he said in this particular instance, hey, I'm, I'm the great one. I've, I've built this, this edifice. You've got to bow down to this. You have to bow down. Well, <laughs> the original names, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, we all know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They told Nebuchadnezzar off. Daniel 3, 16 through 19. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful, and we're not full of care or needing to answer you in this matter. We know what we believe. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us out of of the hand of our king. But if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his vision was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was heated. So guys, the three, three men were all burned up, but we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were saved from that situation. No matter what. That's what they said. No matter what. We are not going to bow down to this image. God has told us He hates these images. <laughs> he had a dream. God gave him a dream. Gave him an understanding about the kingdoms that would be coming. Instead of understanding... God is the ruler, and he had, to, he had to go through some very tough times to understand that, about seven years' worth, to understand that God is the power. Nebuchadnezzar decided to build this edifice and have everybody bow down to it. So he finally came to the conclusion that God was the God and that everybody should worship that God. Romans the first chapter. We're very familiar with these scriptures. 
But I want you to, to focus on the image part of it. This is the false image. And today's modern people have set up images to stand against the God, the Creator, who has made us in His image. Romans 1, beginning in verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Some scientists recognize that there is much more to what is being, what they are being, what they're discovering. There is much more to what they're being, what they've been discovering. And yet, because they're sitting in a situation, they're not able to bring that out unless they have tenure, unless they're able to, you know, to uh, bypass it and and. Uh, and, and be able to stand up against it because they could lose their job. They lose their, uh, uh, lose their livelihood. We need a few Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednego in these days to stand up. And there are a few out there that are standing up against this. Because then they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. God, the Bible says that anyone that uh, said there is no God is a fool. Change the glory of the invisible God into the image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. And was bowing down to those things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Change the truth of God into a lie. In other words, they reject those first few chapters in Genesis. Ah, that's only, uh, uh, you know, fairy tales. That's a myth. It didn't really happen. Even though they can look and see how complex we are. I mean, we have the mind to think, to delve, and to, and, and to grow. It's so, it's so uh, wonderful what God has given us and to believe and to understand that we are in that image of God. He gave them up to vile affections. Yeah, who changed the truth of God into a lie, worship and serve the cre creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause gave them up, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women, to change the natural use of that which is all against nature, and likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one for another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of, of error, which was meat. And of course, we have a lot of, of diseases because of this and because of those things. So let's, uh, well, I was going to read it all the way to the end, wasn't I? Okay, let's go. keep on going here. And as, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. 
not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. It's interesting that that <clears throat> seems to be the, the thing today because it's so easy to get on the internet and see all of the things that, that are out there and all the evil that, that is available. And um, it has a good and it has a bad um, part to it that, that we have to be really aware of in this society today when we use the internet. It can also become a god to us, so we understand that. In Romans, the 8th chapter, since we're here in Romans. Now let's go to something else. Romans 8 and verse 29. Because here's, here's what's very important for us to understand. Let me read 28. We all know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did not foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's, these are the important things. The image of Christ. We're all in the image of God, and now we are to take on the image of Jesus Christ. We are to take on his character, his nature, his His and what we can understand about how he lived on this earth and the things that he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. The, the song we just, just sang about coming to the water. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to give you that water. It's free. And you, if you ask, I will give you living waters. Living waters that will last forever and ever and ever living waters. And so we are to be conformed into the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. Whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, those He also glorified. It's a wonderful thing what God is teaching us. And I only had one of those scriptures down. And I'm sorry, Brian, but I just, I just felt like reading some more there. 2 Corinthians 4. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning of verse 3. I think this, nope, I did it again. I would have been reading that one and you wonder where in the world I was. 2 <laughs> Corinthians 4 and verse 3. He says, but if our gospel be hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost. And that's the ones that we are out to bring. It, we, we would like those that are lost to come to this word, to come to this truth. And I hope you have some good ideas that we can, we can bring uh, to the table on the 9th. I have some I, I plan on bringing. And um, I know that there's others that have some ideas about reaching out as we are always supposed to. We're supposed to be reaching out to the lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, Jesus Christ has the, the light of the Father on him all the time. And he's our high priest. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He's our advocate. He 
says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for, for Jesus' sake. For God, who com commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus walked on... I don't know how many of you have, uh, actually saw the little... Uh, it's been around for a while. Um, the paper... Um, and actually it was on the internet. And I think I did see it in a magazine once. But um, scientists, forensic scientists, have actually uh, gone back to that, that particular time. And, um, and they've looked at the different skeletal remains of those men that lived at that time. And they have tried to, and with, with the computers today, and it's really neat, you can, take a, a, you can take a skeletal image and you can actually build a face on that skeletal image. Well, they did this with the, with the, with the Jewish skeleton and they built an image on there and it didn't look anything like <laughs> what, what has been printed down through the ages. I mean, he didn't have a halo, no long hair. He definitely looked like a Jew. He had the larger nose, he was a dark. He had a, he had a beard, but it was well-kempt, short hair. And it was very interesting how they had come up with this. These forensic, um, they have a name for it, but I can't think of the name that they, they call themselves. But that's one of the things they do. They actually try to reconstruct. If you had a, let's say you had a skeleton and you, you didn't know what they exactly looked like, and it had been there and you were trying to find the, the, the relatives, you, they try to construct that, and they are able to do that now with computers. And Jesus at his time, in that day and age, would have looked like the typical male Jew. He would not have looked like a long-haired, halo-carrying hippie. <laughs> White, no less, hippie. <laughs> so, with that in mind, realize that God has, has, has given Jesus a, a, a tremendous... He's at the right hand of the Father now, and, and he is there as our advocate. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Beginning in verse, uh, in verse 1. Actually, verse uh, 12. Colossians 1, verse 12. Sorry about that. Um, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness, has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him are all things consist. And he is the head of the church, of the body, that is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things he might have preeminence. Jesus Christ in the image of the Father. And we are the image of God. You know, we have to think about that 
whenever we reach out to people, that they are also in that image, and we need to help them to understand that God has created them for a great and wonderful purpose, and that purpose is the kingdom of God. In Colossians uh, 3, beginning in verse 1, If then, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake that the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now you also are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek, and we'll go back to that, and has put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now we're, we're both, <clears throat> I wanted to emphasize this because we're, we're both created beings. I mean, like Lawrence has said, <laughs> it all started way back there in the, in the garden, you know, when Adam and Eve, when God created Adam and created Eve because it's gone down through the ages. So we were, we're just a continuation of Adam and Eve. And of course, through Noah, because of that, that flood that came through. But we're, we're a continuation. But we are in the image of God. We are of that image. And we continue to be in that image. And actually, when we are baptized, then we become a new man, and we now have another image. A new man, renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Because God is creating that new man in us. He's creating that new man image in us. And one day, we're going to see our creator. We're going to be able to look at him. Today, we couldn't. We'd melt. If he showed us fully his power, we would melt away, wouldn't we? We would melt because... We can't look upon God and survive. We would die. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. He has brought us all together. He, he wants us to all be in the kingdom. He's, he's bringing many sons into get, together into that kingdom of God. And we look forward to that day when we can be there. There's another image that's... Uh, it's going to be a horrible image someday. I'm going to read these because I, I want you to understand that it's, it's going to fool a lot of people. And it's the image of the beast. Let's go to Revelation, the 13th chapter. And because it's going to be through uh, chicanery, through sorcery, and, and, and it's going to fool maybe even the elect because of its powerful sorcery that is going to come from, the, from Satan. In Revelation the thirteenth chapter and beginning in verse eleven, and beheld I and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth 
and them that dwell therein to, to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He does great wonders, so that he makes fire to come down from heaven on, onto the earth in the sight of men, and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had a wound by, by a sword and did live. So, he's going to come about and he's going to say, all right, let's make this image. Let's make a big, big, tall image so everyone can see it. We're going to broadcast it so everybody can see, so you can worship this image. Um, and he had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And it's interesting that this is, um, is, is probably going to come about by chicanery and, 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 um, and sorcery. And he's going to make this image start to speak. Now, you know, <laughs> we can be almost fooled today in some of the things that are going on in, the, in, the, in Hollywood and the things that they can do. And the Japanese are getting to the point where they've almost got lifelike robots. They still have to sit behind them and, you know, manipulate them. But they have these lifelike robots that actually talk and make conversation back and forth. And they're very, very interesting. And, um, and, of course, with the power of Satan behind some of this, we can understand that there, there could be very easily something that would deceive the whole world. And he's going to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would worship the beast uh, uh, should be killed. That would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or their foreheads. And no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or, uh, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And of course here is wisdom, let him that has understanding count the number of the beast for it's the number of the man and the number is 603 score and 6 or 666 <clears throat> and um, let's uh, drop over here to Revelation the 14th chapter and a couple of verses um, verses uh, 9 and 10 and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the, into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. So it's very serious, this mark of the beast and the image of the beast and worshiping that image of the beast. In 15 verse 2, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, the stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. So there are those that will not bow down, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would refuse to bow down to that image, and they're going to lose their life, and that might happen. But we're not going to, we're not going to back down. We're not going to worship the image of this beast. And I think that God is going to give us an understanding when that day comes, who that beast is and what the true image is. Verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying, The saving angels, Go your ways, pour out your vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, 
And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. You see, the two things go together. They're worshipping this image and they have received the mark. So they've, they've <laughs> there's a name for it, they've, they've cashed in, uh, they've, they've drank the Kool-Aid, uh, whatever other uh, thing you might think of. But they have... They've come to the point in their life where they've just given in to the image of the beast and the mark of the beast. 19, verse 20. The beast was taken, and with him the false prophet wrought miracles before him, and which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and then that worshipped the image. And they both were cast alive into the lake of fire, a Excuse me, burning with fire and brimstone. Let's see if I've got some water down here. Usually I don't get quite this choked up. Must be this mark of this beast that's getting me this way. <laughs> Just a couple more scriptures here. That did it. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. It is important, brethren, that when we, when we become aware of things that are happening in the world in which they are wanting us to worship or bow down or become a part of something that is anti-God, anti um that, that, um, that has idolatry and sorcery and all of that. We need to reject it. We need to be like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and reject those things and be strong unto the end. Well, we may not live to see that. And then again, some of us may live to see that day. And so let's be, be careful. 1 John 3, the last scripture. 1 John 3, first three verses. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. One more set here. <clears throat> Beloved, now, we, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When Adam was in the garden and Eve was in the garden, there were two trees there. There was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as was mentioned earlier, they decided to take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the rest is history. But God holds out the tree of life for all of mankind today through Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful thing that, that he has done and that Christ has done for all of mankind. And the opportunity that we have to be in the kingdom of God and to be a part of that and to, be, and to stand there in the image that we will have because it, it won't be a physical image anymore. We will take on the image, the spiritual image of God. We will be like God, and we will take on that image. We'll be able to see God.
And so we will have a body that is able to, to do whatever we want, go wherever we want in the universe and follow Christ and follow the Father. <clears throat> Every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure.